This is no ordinary pod. No ordinary pod. What's better than once? Twice. This is no ordinary pod. No ordinary pod. Yes, that is God. I love that song. I know, man. It's great. But not my thing. My favorite off after that album is Cherish Today. That's probably the best Shade album, in my opinion. Lovers Deluxe. Lo- is it Love Deluxe or Lovers Deluxe? I'm pretty sure it's Lovers Deluxe. Let's just do a little Spotify search real quick. Um, it is Love Deluxe. Oh, so you're thinking of Lovers Rock? Oh, you're right. You're right. Hey, but hey, that voice you hear on the other side is Noah Hemer. Joining me, Michael Duggar, and we are the host of the Nornary Pod on the newly minted Nornary Pod Twitter page, YouTube page, YouTube channel. Waiting for Noah to get the Instagram going, but also on most importantly on the Radio St. Pete Network. And once again, we're coming to you at six thirty-nine on a Friday morning. You know, we're, we're, I think we like this Friday morning pod as a, we like to get you stuff early in the week. But Noah, how? It's Tallahassee. Tallahassee's good right now. Um, super muggy, um, but we're starting to get into the thick of those uh, thunderstorms, just kind of creating them, uh, creating themselves out of nowhere, which is my favorite. Which is my favorite because uh, it's beautiful nap weather. And if y'all can't appreciate beautiful nap weather, then I, I, I don't I don't really know what you can appreciate. But like people get, oh, it's been so rainy lately. And I'm like, yeah, no, let's go take a nap. so it's been a good time it's it's been a good time but it's been super humid super humid but what's to be that's to be expected sounds like tallahassee yeah man we had a heat advisory on wednesday's another another golf camp update to the point where people parents walked in said it's too hot for my kid to be here because and then walked right back out we're like all right less work for us but i suppose it yeah so we had a heat advisory in the morning in the afternoon and then Wednesday night, not even on the radar, the craziest lightning storm I've seen in the past year comes up, comes here. And I'm just, just went and sat outside in the rain, not in the rain, but patio covered, but it's getting a little wet. And I'm just like, this is, I wish this happened more frequently, but you have to appreciate it when it comes. Yeah. Mother nature at its finest. Yes. At her finest, I should say. Yeah. She's fine too. She's very fine when she wants to be. So we have a we actually have some football topics to get into later on. It's not NFL. The NFL onslaught's coming. We're kind of just letting the NBA dominate. A college football story came up, something that you and I have both talked about in terms of athletes getting paid. So we'll get on that. I don't know how long we're going to go on that because we say we have – we usually give us three topics knowing the third one's not going to get touched because the first one usually takes 45 minutes at least. So we'll see how long it is to take that. But it's free agency season officially. This is going to be on Radio St. Pete at 11 on Saturday. This will be up 8 o'clock Friday morning. Who knows what's going to happen after this. But it's we're going to get into this. We're going to make some predictions. We're going to talk about all these things. Not even talk about pipe dreams because we already said Clay Thompson's Lakers stuff like that. So where do you want to start? What is your first question about? Actually, you know what? I'll ask the first question. I'll throw the, I'll throw the Dwayne Wade alley-oop to LeBron not looking, looking at the posing at the camera. Like arms spread wide open. We, I'm pretty sure we have our first lock in free agency. I'm pretty sure. 
Yeah, I just had Timberwolf. the I just had the NBA or the NFL draft music go through my head. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> when you said that, but anyways, <laughs> were you young enough for the? Uh, oh, the I know. You're <laughs> The pick is in. Yeah. Roger, booze, booze rain down as Goodell walks to the stage. Um, booze come on down. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. But by the way, Tyreek Hill is getting a maximum, looking at a maximum four game suspension for domestic violence issues. Even though he, I guess it was proven innocent, whatever, or not at fault. Yet Brady gets four games for deflating a football. Anyway, that's just equipment manager and me getting frustrated. Because I guess who got blamed for that? The equipment manager, of course. Um, probably was his fault. Uh, but Kemba Walker to the Celtics. Charlotte Hornets apparently low bottom an offer five years one ninety. They don't have the. They're already been hamstrung with cap space by signing big contracts to Nicholas Batum, Marvin Williams, Michael K- Michael Kidd Gilchrist, all these players, and they failed to build a competent team around Kemba. Maybe you can't build a team around Kemba which speaks to different things we can get into real quick. But he looks gone, barring unforeseen circumstances where Charlotte ups their offer dramatically, gets some luxury tax going and stuff like that. But he looks like a lock to Boston. And you're a fan of Kemba. So what are your thoughts on Kemba being pretty much becoming Kyrie Isaiah Thomas minus Al Horford in I forgot Al Horford's even a free agent, man. There's so much to talk about. We got we to gotta go through this. First, Kemba Walker. Boston with Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and that's pretty, and Gordon Hayward. And what's up with Gordon Hayward? What are your thoughts on that move? I think it's a solid move. I think it's finally going to help them graduate from the whole Kyrie, Isaiah Thomas fiasco that's been happening over the past couple of years. Uh, like we talked about last week on the pod, I view the Kyrie experiment going south because almost as if NBA karma coming back and smacking Danny Ainge and the Celtics in the face for doing Isaiah Thomas the way that they did. So I'm excited about it. I, I think it's good that they don't have – they have a lot of talent between Jalen Brown, Tatum, uh, Gordon – what's left of Gordon Hayward after that horrific injury, and now Kemba Walker – so they're going to be are they are they going to be looking to add a big man or are they going to be trying to keep Horford? What's the what's the situation with how they're going to fill out the rest of their roster? NBA heads are saying Horford's gone. Okay. He's he's not coming back. What do I think they're going to do? It's a good question. They drafted Grant Williams this past year who's like a 6766 to 68 guy. Very intelligent player, can do a lot of things. Are they, he's also an upperclassman. Are they ready to thrust him into a starting role? And they also have the time Lord Robert Williams. Uh, I think he'll be like 22 now. He can play some time, Daniel Teese. But those big men aren't going to win you any games. I mean, they're going to have a little bit of cap space left. How they maneuver it is going to be interesting because right now they have a bunch of rookies. Tatum, who's only 20, I think 20 years old. Jalen Brown's 22. Marcus Smart's, I think, in the he's in his mid to late twenties. Gordon Hayward's late twenties, and who knows what he's going to be moving forward. I mean, if Paul George took him a year, took him that second year is when he really got it going. Hopefully, we'll see if Hayward can get can start getting going and stuff like that. But 
I mean, is Boston really? The main thing is Boston's going to overpay Kemba to stay relevant and then bank on and hope that Tatum makes the leap. But nothing besides a playoff run where he went up against this um, 76ers who don't didn't really have. I mean, you went against Robert Covington, who I think is an overrated defender right now in terms of one-on-one. And then in the, against the Cavs, he went up against J.R. Smith and the likes of people like that. So I don't see, I personally don't see it with Tatum as much. And I feel like the Boston is paying Kemba to stay in the mid-tier of the Eastern Conference. Because are you taking them above Toronto with Kawhi, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, no matter what happens with them, because they still have two better players in with Embiid and Ben Simmons, and even your Indiana Pacers, if Oladipo is yeah, back healthy. that's what I was going to say. Like, like a healthy Oladipo, in the way that they play defense, is far superior to what Boston's going to be putting on the floor because you just have so many unknowns with Boston. Like Horford, I when I watched Boston this year, it seemed like Horford was the their centerpiece. He's the true all star on that team, the true veteran, the true uh, go to guy for them. But without, Horf- go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I'll go. All right, Horford's the the glue. Yeah, he's the guy. He's the guy who opens the he spaces the floor. He's easily the captain of their defense. He's the guy who calls out screens, switches on screens, can guard, not guard, but he can. He has the reach to put his hand out and just affect shooting um, smaller guards when he's defended on them. He guarded Giannis at times against Milwaukee this past series. Um, and he's just a smart passer, cutter, everything. So who is going to go into that role? I don't think Robert Williams can. That's why I think they're going to count on Grant Williams too, or maybe they can find other. Maybe they can make a package. I mean, they have that Memphis twenty twenty one pick, which Memphis it's top five protected next year, which basically means if if it's if it's one through five, Memphis keeps the pick, and then it rolls over to the next year where it's unprotected or has like top two protected. So that pick's still attractive, and you can ship that. With you know, add that maybe do a sign and trade with um, your boy Scary Terry Rozier. Package some of the young players, maybe Romeo Langford, and you can get a probably decent return. Like maybe you can flip that for Clint Capella because the Rocket is trying to get Jimmy Butler, which is another thing I just remembered that we still have to discuss. Um, so yeah, I mean, last year with I mean, this is all about just fi- you're banking on Kyrie's mind and Kyrie being gone and having a stable leader in Kemba come in, a well-liked teammate come in, and that will just ease the tensions and ease the waters. And that may be true with Kyrie, but losing Horford really is the thing that's going to affect the Celtics most this summer. That's kind of what I, what I see. I see, you know, they may be getting Kemba, but who do they have replacing Horford is is the biggest thing, and how are you going to replace that defense, that basketball IQ? Like we talked about IQ a little bit last week, and I think it's something that kind of gets overlooked at times because people are so caught up with the athleticism, especially former NBA and NFL players do it as well. They get so caught up in 
and I think it's kind of part of the reason why, like, John Elway isn't as good as evaluating quarterbacks as he should be, like, just for a prime example, because he is a supreme athlete. If you have ever gone back, if you ever got to watch John Elway live on TV, or if you've ever gone back and watched him uh, back in the day when he was playing for the your Broncos. Um, <laughs> they are my Broncos. They are your Broncos. Um, that, hel- that helmet makes me cry. I-, I know, it's great. But if you want to go back and watch it, you saw what John, uh, like John Elway would fit awesomely in this in today's NFL where it's spread out, he can use his legs, he can throw the ball all over all over the field, but he relied on a lot of his athleticism to do what he did and to be as great as he was. And because I don't know how many people, John Elway almost went and played baseball, went and played center field for the Yankees. And a lot of people like Steinbrenner, all a lot of them thought that Elway would have been one of the better Yankees of all time. If he would have actually ended up in, I, I, that's a big thing to say because they've been Yankees' best uh, MLB franchise. Mm-hmm. But they said that they were confident that he would be one of the better center fielders that the Yankees have ever had. And former players have a hard time looking at the in between, like, they love seeing what the athleticism is because they compare it to, oh, wow, I couldn't defend that. Or I w- wouldn't be able to do that. Like, oh, if this guy's doing this athletic thing, then how am I supposed to come back? And, like, that's just unguardable. Like, like we look at Giannis sometimes, and sorry, it's just, like, y- y- sometimes Giannis is just going to do whatever Giannis can, and there's not really a whole lot you can do about it. When Kawhi goes up for a rebound and just palms the ball at 10 feet up, off the ground, like, sorry, he's just going to get that rebound. It doesn't matter who else is there. And I think a lot of the times when you have former players evaluating those things, it can it can muddle the waters of what is true about it. So I'm curious to see how the basketball IQ comes back to it for the Celtics because they lost Horford. Who's going to be the one stepping up? Because they got a young, lot of young guys. Kemba is going to be coming in as a leader. Hopefully he maybe he can be the the new key to that. You got Gordon Hayward, who's also a veteran guy. Is he going to be more of the IQ leader guy, even though his athleticism is a little bit lower? Or are you going to see a young guy like Tatum or Brown get thrusted into that leadership position because maybe they, either of them won't feel like they're being shut down or intimidated too much by Kyrie's presence? So with that all in mind, it's it's – it's kind of a wait and see of who's going to be popping up, who's going to be the one taking over that leadership role. According to Sport, um, what is it? yeah, Sport Track, they'll have about thir- they have thirty two point seven million in practical cap space. You sign Kemba to f- four years, one, I mean one thirty, he's going to take up most of it, and then you're and then what? And then you're trying to build, and then you're trying to do the same thing that the Lakers are trying to do. The difference between what the Lakers are trying to do and Boston is trying to do is the Lakers have LeBron and AD. And Boston is counting on a bunch of young guys to make these big steps and big leaps, and we don't know if they're ready for that. We don't know if they're ready for these big roles. Yes, that playoff run two years ago was was awesome, but 
They beat a Bucks team that wasn't ready yet and didn't have and didn't have they were coaching against an assistant interim coach. Philadelphia who Al Horford is the one human being who can stop and beat. Like foolproof the one guy who's gives and beat troubles most of the time. And then lost to Cleveland who was literally just LeBron and five and four and Jeff Green it's like that. So I don't see the ceiling in them. I'm very interested in them, but it's going to be cool. Because we saw Boston had an affinity for Isaiah Thomas, the fans. And now they get, in my opinion, a slightly better version of Isaiah Thomas. Although Isaiah's peak was is that peak season is going to be better than anything Kemba does, unless unless we see what Kemba does. But that's a that's a nice segue because we're gonna let's let's move to Al Horford real quick because the rumored places that he's gonna go, the main one, are the Dallas Mavericks. And mm-hmm. that would be so fun. That would be a lot of fun. Is he is he's go ahead. Is anything happening? Porzingis got himself into some trouble, correct? He got in with the with the with the New York thing with the uh, not the New York thing. That's really dismissive. The New York domestic dispute. I don't think anything's come up about that in a long time. Um, it was known for like a year. It was known well before the Knicks traded them. So I guess it Maver- I don't know if the Mavericks did their homework or not. But having anything about that, hopefully he's not in Latvia going out in clubs and then getting bu- in fights on the street and getting bloodied. Um, but if you could build the perfect big man to play next to Porzingis, it would be Al Horford. And you factor in Luka Doncic, it's going to be like a super slow, not a super slow, it's going to be like, Every team's going to be pushing the pace in, like, 5G, fast as they can. And this team's just going to be operating nice and smooth in 3 and 4G, pick and rolls, spacing, shooting, defense, all of it. Because you have Luka, you have KP, and you have uh, Al coming in. That is shooting. That's high IQ. It is awesome. That is – it's not going to win the title, but it will get you – into the playoffs, and we talked last week about how crowded the West is. And this is another team that's going to get into it because Dallas has cap space. They have Rick Carlisle, a great coach, and it's just it's just a really cool thing. That well, let me look at that. Let me look at the other scenario. I don't see him going anywhere else. But what are your thoughts on Al Horford joining that, making uh, making that trio? I'm actually more curious to. I, I mean, I, I'm all about it. I would. I would love to see those two get paired with such a great because like no is is Dirk officially retired? Dirk's gone. Okay, so with that being in mind, sh- sh- I'm, I just yawn, but look, I'm I'm shedding a tear right now. But we can make it, we can make it a tear for Dirk. Tear for Dirk. Moment of silence. Okay. Um, <laughs> With that being said, you know, I'm excited because Dirk, you know, just being a veteran and being where he's been that you like, again, I come back to that basketball IQ and having that, that experience is, is you can't put a price on that. But if Kate Kristaps Porzingis being a younger guy, but he had a lot to gain in terms of experience in New York, because he was a lot of the time, the only person that they had on the floor that was worth anything. Luca coming from Europe is more seasoned than most rookies. Um, 
coming into it, but so he's that experience, but not, and he has a great bat. He's fun to watch because he's a lot. He's like a. He's what I hope Lonzo could be in terms of like basketball IQ. If he, if Lonzo can at, take his basketball IQ and actually start applying it to at, his athleticism, Luke is a much better shooter. If Lonzo fixes that jump shot, it has a big if. I honestly believe he's like a top ten player. No, top yeah, for player. sure. And it's, yeah, but. I don't want right. to go to Lonzo. I miss Lonzo and the Lakers already. I'm I'm not gonna go on that tangent. But right now, it. right now, I don't know. Tell me if I'm wrong. Like right now, I just view Lonzo. If he doesn't fix his jump shot, he's his career is gonna go pretty similarly to Rondo's. Yeah, a different type of Rondo too. That's yes. good. I like that point. I like that point. <sighs> I just got pipe dreams of Lonzo throwing a lob to Zion. All right, sorry, <laughs> but, my mind's wandering right now. But having Horford get plugged in with those two. Is going to, I think it's going to increase KP's understanding because has Kristaps. I mean, he played with Dirk, but like he was playing with the ghost of Dirk, you know, and he's going to be playing with Al Horford, and you can learn so much from such a veteran, such a guy that knows how to play defense primarily, um, and can also take a little bit off of KP on that end because those two guys at the four and the five is scary, um, with Luca moving the ball around and doing what he needs to do. I'm curious, though, what are your thoughts on Luca? <sighs> like how, like, I, obviously, I, he's... I, I, go, go, go ahead, sorry. I'm just saying, like, obviously, he's a solid player coming over from Europe, but and he has his strengths, but what, what do you think is gonna, is holding him back right now or what will hold him back from getting into that top 12, top 10 player status in the NBA it's the two-way ability like the defensive side of things but he's big enough where you can throw him on a postman but then you're with this current team you're isolating Horford and KP to do more to put more legs in put more work in and, and cover wings and stuff like that I'll go back to my pre-draft process I don't like this is something I don't think I'll ever personally speaking I I don't think as my MBA writing stuff keeps keeps going up, I don't think I'm ever going to write like, hey, this is my top 100 big board. This is what it is, and this is what, and this is how I think. He dominated Europe, your MVP, EuroLeague MVP, won the title, all that stuff. It's probably the most highly regarded prospect in European basketball history. Comes over. And I was thinking to myself, you know, the step backs are good. The step back's amazing. The confidence, the swagger, all that stuff is what you look for. It's what I look for in particular too. But can he, will that step back be effective against NBA length? It's not a doubt. It's just like I need to swim. It's like see it and believe it. And you see it. You see the clutch shot, the shots he's making where there's times where if the game is close, they're just giving him the ball and with five minutes left. That is, and at 19, 20 years old, that is elite. He is already an elite shot creator and a phenomenal passer. Do I think he'll get into the top 10 range? Once I just said, I'm not a list guy. But he's already, in, like, in my opinion, in like the top 20 in terms of guys you want taking the shot the guys you want with the ball in his hands in the last minute, two minutes to make a play. 
I value that step back so much. And as people, and I, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm helping your basketball game, like like pick up basketball game, but I, what I, the one thing I tell you and people, I'm like, you don't need all of these. Having Kyrie's moves are awesome. You just need to have counters. He has the step back, and as people start overplaying the step back, he's just gonna fake it and just go right by you, and that's gonna come with time. He's not touched. He has an array of moves. He still has so much to go and with, get even to get in a better shape. Yes, it's. I think I value him extremely highly. With how you're describing him, do you see him like assuming his uh, progress isn't linear, but assuming that it is linear and he's going to keep progressing in the way that he shows promising that he is going to? Do you? Is it crazy to say that on like the high end, like the top top end, he could be James Harden? I don't think he has the drive ability of James Harden in terms of getting to the um in terms of getting to the rim yet. You know, he does and James Harden James Harden is a phenomenal athlete in terms of speed and blow by ability. So I think a poor man's James Harden potentially. Yeah. Yes. I hey, mean that's not bad. He he shot. I'm looking at his stats now. He averaged 21, 21 points, seven seven point eight rebounds, six assists, a steal, three point four turnovers. He gets he gets credit as a great shooter, and also that he shot thirty two thirty two point seven percent on seven point one threes, which isn't the worst. I mean, he he got tired towards the end of the year. He's he's a rookie. He's played a lot of games before, but playing at the NBA level is different. Average thirty two minutes a game, and a lot of that time. He wasn't. He was. He was out there with half the season. Wesley Matthews and Tim Hardaway Jr. and just and where teams can hone in, and focus on him. With KP in the mix now, it's just a KP pick and roll, pick and pop. What are you gonna do? It's a more modern version of Dirk, because KP can. Dirk could. Dirk could attack in his day, but now KP and do that, and then you had Horford in the mix. Who's so smart, moving off the ball and spotting up and shooting like that? It's, it's this is awesome. It's I mean he's he just turned twenty. Oh, he's born February twenty eighth. Shout out my Pisces brother, my Pisces prince, along with me. Love you, Luca. You Luca, you just got a massive fan. I might buy your jersey right now. Um, let's put it this way: You're confident in rock the number seventy seven as a basketball point guard. You're you have swagger and you have confidence. That's. That's what you need. That's that's how I feel about Luca. Um, but very quickly, touch on Horford real quick. Horford is rumored to be go- take meetings with Mavericks, Lakers, and Clippers. Hmm. He goes to the Lakers. Just put a bow on it. Just this season's done. It's it's not worth playing anymore. It's it's done. Um. But that's, I feel like that's a good segue to the Lakers because we we've gone this far. They cleared up the cap space. Everyone and their mom gave Palinka so much, so much stuff for, um, for, what is it? For not knowing the cap space, not like leaving $9 million in cap space on the floor. But he didn't. Traded um, Isaac, um, Isaac Bonga, a personal favorite of mine. Mo Wagner, Mo Wagner, I should say, sorry, and Drop Dr- 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 Let's call him J Jones. Um, 
to the Wizards, the third team. They have $32 million in cap space because Anthony Davis waived his trade kicker because he's on Space Jam 2. Uh, and now they have a, they have a max slot. So I'm going to list you the free agents that are getting me that are potentially eyeing the Lakers. We hear this every summer where they're eyeing the Lakers, but now the Lakers have LeBron and AD, so it's a lot different than recent years. So Kyrie Irving's not a lock to go to Brooklyn, apparently. But I say that with air quotes because Brandon Brandon Scoop Robinson and Rick Buecher apparently said on the podcast that it's not for sure. And um Something about not wanting to go home and stuff like that, but we'll see. Uh, this was actually published in April, so actually, this is a rehash. Thing. I'm not going to get into that. Anyway, Kyrie Irving, D'Angelo Russell apparently is rumored to go back. His, the, there's Lakers are interested in bringing him back because there's no bad blood now. Don't know how that works, but there's no bad blood. Clay Thompson said that if the Warriors don't offer him the full max on the opening out of free agency, he is going to take meetings to the Lakers and Clippers immediately. And then Kawhi Leonard, who I want everything in my power for him to stay in, stay in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Everything wants me to. But if he joins the Lakers, let's start with Kawhi. Because Kawhi is obviously the answer. So we'll go back to those three in a second. Actually, we'll just talk because we know Clay Thompson's second. Let's just talk about the Angel and Kyrie in a second about that. Because they're so linked with the Brooklyn noise and all that stuff. Would Kawhi, AD, and LeBron be the most talent ever assembled on one basketball team? Oh, no, we can't with the Golden State. The thing about the Golden State thing is LeBron, AD, and Kawhi are literally three of the top five players. They're not two of the top five. They're not three of the top four of the top 20. It is literally the guy who just won the title, the guy who went to eight straight finals, who is a summer off and is chilling, and then Anthony Davis, who people were saying was the best player last year before before he, all this stuff happened. Would anyone touch with, with like... No. Yeah, I don't have to finish the question. No. Like... It would just would. It would make me. I would not be happy if Kawhi played with. Like I would love to watch it, obviously, but I would. I would not. Like it'd be fun to watch, but like, Kawhi is built to stop LeBron. And. There's no Kevin Durant this year. There's Clay Tom or Steph Curry's by himself for the year as of now. The Rockets are on the rocks. The Blazers don't have enough firepower. The Jazz maybe Jazz won't be able to. No one's going to be able to defend that team. There, there's no way that any team will be able to when those three are on the floor together that they will be able to. There's no. It's not possible. It's 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 not feasible to stop those three when they're on the floor because you already have an issue of who's going to guard LeBron. Okay, if you got your best defender on LeBron, then who do you put on who do you put on Kawhi? 
there's no way you have two players possible to handle both of those. Even if you're double teaming and switching and blitzing, blitzing pick and rolls, okay, you you do that all the time and you try to get the ball out of those two's hands, okay, then you just get the ball down to Anthony Davis down low, and once that happens, there, you're not going to have. There's no team that's going to have the firepower to be able to defend all three of them at one time. And even if two are on the floor and one's on the bench throughout the game, you're still not going to have the depth to be able to defend all three of them. So personally, if Kawhi goes to the Lakers, I'm going to be – because it would be different if the Warriors were keeping the band together and they were all healthy. But they're not because two of their top three got hurt in the final two games of the, of the finals, season-ending injuries essentially. I just, uh, go to the Clippers, Kawhi. No, or stay with the Raptors. No. Just don't, just don't go to the Lakers. I'm no. sorry, just don't do it. Not the Lakers, bro. The, Not the Lakers. The Clippers in irrelevancy. Come on. Okay, but I'm saying if it's between Lakers and Clippers, I'm gonna take the Clippers because I don't want to see LeBron and Kawhi. Like I would love to watch it, but what's it? <sighs> No, the inner Laker fan in me is just, just I can just I'm just trying not to, but I'm just grinning so much on the inside. I'm just like, can you imagine that? And this is this is the thing about the Lakers right now. LeBron, LeBron's back in six. He gave AD twenty three. LeBron's number six again, and we all know what happened the last time we saw six Brown. That was at Miami, and that was awesome. And the big three was formed. Maybe he's trying to channel the big three vibes again. And he's going to get number two Kawhi back. Or maybe number two Kyrie. Um, but as in Kyrie's number two, except in this time Kyrie will be number three. Maybe Kyrie should get number three. So, yeah, I mean, they get Kawhi, it's rap. It would be literally defensively the the scariest thing ever. It would be offensively be... I mean, you and I go play next to Kawhi against those three, and we we win a title, man. Put put me in, coach. I win a ring. I'm down. Um, but yeah, I, this is that's a pipe dream. Let's move on. D'Angelo Russell, Kyrie Irving seem to be if if Kyrie goes to Brooklyn, D'Angelo's obviously gone. With everyone under the moon apparently looking for him from the Pacers. The Timberwolves. I th- I want to see him in, in Minnesota in the Timberwolves. That will be awesome. Uh, Lakers, this things, and then Kyrie. It's down to Brooklyn, Knicks, or LA. Where? Because we don't have any inside info, and we haven't seen anything besides Brooklyn for Kyrie, and then other teams um, with D'Angelo. There are a bunch of teams. Where do you want to see these two players end up? I don't know if I want to see Kyrie back in L.A. with LeBron. I think I'd rather see D'Angelo there. Um, and to quote our queen, um, it's never as good as the first time. <laughs> and I just... That'll shoot for both players, by the way. Yeah, you're right. But it wasn't that great for D'Angelo the first time he was in L.A. And But Kyrie and LeBron have already had their success. And then they had a pretty bad breakup, it seems as if. And I don't know if getting that back together, because, like, 
what if Kyrie gets jealous that LeBron and, and AD are more buddy buddy than LeBron and Kyrie? You know, working on Space Jam too. I hate, <laughs> I hate I hate to say that, but with how with how reports have come out of how Kyrie didn't want to be there in Boston, didn't mesh well there, it seems as if that could easily happen. And I don't know. I there's a reason why it ended the way it ended. And I don't know if that's something that wants to get back together. Like, oh, baby, I miss you. Oh, baby, I miss you too. Let's get back together. But the relationship was awful when it ended. What's going to change? Just being in a different city. I feel like you were attacking. I feel I like you were attacking me with that one. Uh, that was not <laughs> a personal kidding. attack I'm on you, but, but but if that's how you take it, my lord. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, like I want Kyrie to go to Brooklyn. Just do your thing there. Um, from the Bronx, I think it'd be cool to see Brooklyn. I mean, he, his game is such a New York style with his with his handles and the, and the point guards um, style of play. The play I want to see D'Angelo Russell. I don't want to see him in Phoenix because I think you and I could go get buckets on Devin Booker and D'Angelo Russell as there if that was the backcourt defensively. I'm joking, people. I don't want anyone. You know, not like anyone's going to come in the measures anyway. But I don't want anyone thinking, oh, they're NBA players. Obviously, I'm joking, but. Minnesota would be so fun. I want to see him and Carl Anthony Towns and Jarrett Culver and Andrew Wiggins. Now Andrew Wiggins is just is just hey, you're a three and D guy. We're paying then they're, they're essentially paying a three and D guy a hundred ninety million dollars, which is very funny to think about. But I want to see I want to see Carl Anthony Towns with the pick and roll score first point guard space the floor. That floor would be so wide open. It would be it'd be fun to see. Um. Because I know you want to talk about the college football thing. Let's quickly move to the Rockets. And they're trying to de- to lose assets to pick up more assets to then flip those assets to get Jimmy Butler, who they're trying to use the media to disgruntle and force his way there for out of Philly. I personally want Jimmy Butler to stay in Philly. Um, I think that would be cool. I think that that team, those Simmons, Butler, and Embiid can make a run in the can make a run in the East. I think I think it's needed for both team and player for him to resign. And I don't think Houston can handle having Chris Paul, James Harden, and Jimmy Butler in the same locker room. Oh God, no! With and I mean the Sixers were just a couple bounces away from beating the Raptors. Yeah. What a, you know? Like mm-hmm. it's not like. It's not like they were that far off. Mm-hmm. Kawhi just threw up a prayer, and it got it got answered. Yeah, it did. I you know, love him, it, which is nuts. Like, a, but clank, 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 I don't clank. think that you. Yeah, you already have issues with Chris Paul, James Harden, and then you throw Jimmy Butler in there. Who I'm not saying that Jimmy Butler is a locker room cancer, but history has shown that every pretty much every locker room he goes to, there's some type of grife, and and. and in uh, contentions and heat and heatness between him and his teammates or him and the coaches or whatever for not getting in the ball. Mm-hmm. It's essentially how I see it. Mm-hmm. And it, James Harden loves to have the ball in his hands. So are you supposed to have James Bar- James Harden with the ball in his hands, creating those step back threes with Jimmy Butler also wants the ball in his hands. And um, Chris Paul is the point guard. Like he, his best asset is when the ball is in his hands. Cause what does he do when the ball isn't in his hands? So the only thing that I would, I just thought of this, this could be 
what if they just did a sign and trade and they traded Chris Paul for Jimmy Butler? They traded Jimmy Butler for Chris Paul, Eric Gordon, and PJ Tucker. Philly, Philly with that five, I'm a fan. Would it be just straight up three for one like that? Is that is Jimmy Butler that valuable? I mean, the Rockets are trying to offload PJ Tucker, Clint Capella, and Eric Gordon as it is, and. Chris Paul's aging. He hasn't been healthy the past couple years. And Butler's in his prime. You put Butler and Harden with three shooters and a rolling big man, that's something that is... Because Butler's a phenomenal defender. Then you have a Harden-Butler defender. Who are you guarding? Because they're big. They're big. And they're physical. Who are you guarding? And it, that's and that's something that I would like to see. Although I don't know, like you said, the thing is, the only way to do that is if if they stagger Butler and Harden's minutes. They put they put, they let Butler run the show, they let Harden run the show. But do you think do people value Butler as a consistent shot creator? That's a great great question. Who knows? Um, so interesting to see how that unfolds. And quickly, we haven't even touched on Kevin Durant. Where you think he's going? He has a redshirt year going. He opts out of his $31 million player option. Wouldn't it be nice if you tear your Achilles, you're out for a season, and you say, you know what, I'm, I'm still not going to take that $31 million. It's so what happens when you're the most God-gifted basketball player on the earth. Very true, very true. So he's in New York. He's chilling in New York. He's going to rehab in New York. Do you think he – do you think all the smoke becomes a fire and he joins – the dumpster fire that has been the New York Knicks. I mean, it wouldn't be a terrible move because like he's going to be a red shirt season this year anyways. So it would just be a rehab year. They're not going to win games that could vault them to getting a top pick next year, which could get them a young guy that could pair with Kevin Durant. Um, it would give you some time to maneuver that roster to get, all right, Kevin, what do you need? What's <laughs> going to work well with you? You don't need a whole lot, okay. Um, you just want to go ISO all the time once your ink or once your Achilles is cool. All right, cool. We'll just get you some players that can play defense on the other end and get to the hoop when we need you to. But I mean that I, I don't like I said before. Or this is the reason why it made me so mad that he went to the Warriors. It doesn't matter where Kevin Durant goes because he steps on the basketball court for a team, and that team is automatically going to be top four in that conference mm-hmm. um, he's that good yeah i uh where else would he go if it not i mean obviously he could stay with the warriors go to brooklyn with Kyrie. brooklyn the thing about uh the thing about i just thought of this kd you know getting more assets they're just gonna flip all those assets immediately to get an immediate win team win now team I don't see KD. For, I don't see KD for the yeah. for the next year yeah, though, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're gonna give RJ Barrett all the looks in the world so he can average twenty six, twenty five, eight and six and be like, Hey, look, this is what RJ Barrett averaged, you know, he led the team to twenty three wins, him and Kevin Knox. But um yeah, I wanna see him. I wanna see him there. I wanna see him in New York. I don't wanna see him in Golden State. I wanna see the Steph Draymond show. And if Clay and if Clay doesn't come back, if if they lowball Clay and Clay actually calls their bluff and goes and interviews the Lakers, now think about that. He's already filming on set with them. Draymond's a, a, a unrestricted free agent in twenty twenty. 
There could be some backdoor Space Jam 2 maneuvering, man. This is this is not out of the question where it's like, hey, Clay, you come here. You come back in in March. You you rest. You come back. You, you win a title. Draymond, you come in. You take less money, but it's okay. I got you 10%. I got you 5% of Space Jam sales, bro. You're going to make so much more money than what you're going to make with this contract. There's some stuff going on with Space Jam too, and that's why LeBron's playing – so everyone's playing checkers and LeBron's playing 3D chess with Anthony Davis moving the moving the pieces for him. He's not even this hasn't moved the pieces. He's just like yo AD, you move him. And LeBron's just chilling in a pool, talking about how great his life is. And he does have a great life. But that's enough NBA talk. I think you and I are gonna try to when all the big name free agents come out, I think you and I will come back next week, Fourth of July week. Do you have any plans for the July? Um, as of now, I'm just working at the res and then hopefully doing some shenanigans post that. But I have no plans on what those shenanigans will okay. be. So you, you may, you, you're you on call to pod in case something crazy happens? Oh, I mean, yeah, of course. Right. Perfect. That's the NBA talk now, quickly. No one wants to talk about this. There's some interesting stuff that could change the landscape of college sports. Mm-hmm. And this con- – I don't mean – over. And this is overstating. That could honestly change – this whole country's pay grade. Yes. The um, well, California. Let me. I'm gonna try to do this. And what I've read, the briefness I've read, and then I'll give you the floor to go deep. What I'll ask you questions and stuff like that. We have 15 minutes. So, the California Senate wants to pass a bill where. Sports that California colleges that receive an average of ten million dollars a year in media rights revenue would be statutorily prohibited from denying their student athletes the chance to earn compensation derived from the use of their names, images, and likeness. And that those schools that would fall underneath that would, at the very minimum, be USC, UCLA, UC Berkeley, Stanford. Just those four. Off, like four short, four sure shoe-ins, those four for sure. Okay. They would be able to hire agents to represent them in these dealings. Um, so, essentially, this is amateurism. And the NCAA and Mark Emmerich fired back and said, hey, you know what? We're just, if that happens, we're just not going to allow you to play in our, in our championships. But if this works in California... Why wouldn't every single athlete go play in these schools? That's the question I'm asking. I mean, that I I want to I know I want to get into the humbo jumbo and the meeting the meat the the nice tender meat on this article law and this bone. But is there anything else that would matter? U, USC, UCLA, Stanford, and Cal Berkeley. You're living in L.A. You're already getting absolute phenomenal marketing advantages of being in L.A. And you get paid instead of going and living in Tuscaloosa or Clemson, South Carolina, or no offense, Tallahassee, but Tallahassee, Florida. Um, Yeah, that's my first thing. What are your thoughts? Educate me and other people who did not dive into this as further as you did. And a lover of college sports, because that's my next question afterwards. Well, the, the, it's, it's, it's a battle between, like, you bring up a great point. 
with the recruiting advantage. And that's something that the NCAA president, Mark Emmert, kind of discussed in his letter that he sent the California state committees is that if you do that, then we might have to disqualify your teams because if you're playing in a tournament or whatever, your teams had an unfair recruiting advantage because you guys are playing at a different set of rules than the entire rest of the country. But with that being said, if there's one state that could do this, it is California. I saw in the Forbes article on this um, by Mark Eldman, California by itself, just if California was its separate country, would have a top five economy mm. in, the, in the world. Mm. So they can survive without all that jazz. They can survive without the NCAA. And if you think the Pac-12 is going to deny... Like, let's say the NCAA is like, oh, this and that. They can't play in here. Those four schools are the heart and soul of the Pac-12. Outside of Oregon, Washington. Oregon, Washington. Yeah. I wouldn't even necessarily put the Arizona schools in there. Um, Those four California schools are the heart and soul of the Pac-12. There is so much money. Pac-12 after dark. One of my favorite parts of college football season. You're saying that those, all those TV routes and all the, all all that is just going to be thrown out the way because the NCAA is going to say, no, they can't do that. The NCAA is risking losing their money with that. On a legality standpoint, I've read that if this does pass, the NCAA is a private institution and their bylaws have to respect and correlate with the federal and state antitrust laws. So, and they have to be in or have to be justified as in good faith, as in the bylaws that the NCAA makes have to be for the better of their people and for their institutions. But if California passes this, the NCAA can't really do a whole lot to stop California. They can try and blackmail them and they can try and essentially ban them, but if you think that those four schools aren't just going to create something of their own and maybe even I, I saw uh, a, on the uh, a Sports Illustrated article that someone brought up the point of why wouldn't they just create their own league with their own set of rules, disband from the NCAA as a whole and have their California sports schools like that. And then if they set the if they do that, do that for a year and it's successful and they sign their own TV deals. Why can't other states go and do that? What's preventing other states from doing that? And then you're getting into the you're getting into the balance of of uh, of how much longer see can the NCAA be robbing their players and robbing their student athletes without getting the consequences? Like every action has an equal and opposite reaction. It's physics. I'm taking it this summer. You can't I keep physics in high school, but I get that one. That's one. That's, one, that's one thing I did get. Newton's law, yeah. <laughs> if if you're you can oh, like it's the same thing like the, the Danny Ainge thing. What comes around goes around. If you keep denying these players what's right to them, just to be able to go sell jerseys that have their names on it, be able to sell pictures that have their names on it. Like it's not that they're doing anything crazy. It's just that um, another caveat to who would benefit off this are olympic sport athletes that are going to these california schools they would be able to go 
negotiate. And while they're in their peak, like Katie Ledecky that swam for Stanford, that crazy swimmer, Mm -hmm. um, she would be able to go make more money and sign more things because she can keep her prize money and she can keep her... um, she can keep her prize money that she wins, but she can't necessarily go all in if she wants to keep her scholarship. But this would allow her to be able to go make money off of that. One thing that they've proposed to kind of keep the amateurism of college sports um, would be, let's say, let's say for example, Zion. Mm, yeah, let's say for example, now let's use Reggie Bush. Oh, let's say Reggie Bush is at. Man. Sorry. No, no, don't have to sorry. apologize. That's my. F- Reggie Bush, USC, is my favorite, probably my favorite athlete besides Kobe Bryant. So you just, just talk talk to me. I'm interested now. I'm even more interested now. Okay, so imagine Reggie Bush back in the day. <sighs> he got caught, USC got caught with him for paying for his parents, parents and uncles and aunts' apartments in USC, getting them new jobs, things like that. That's why they got the band. That's why he got his Heisman taken Don't away. Don't imagine that did happen. So... That's true. <laughs> so imagine if instead of them paying for all that stuff under the table, he made, they put together an, uh, a trust fund. And as he accumulated throughout his college days, there were just more and more funds off his likeliness going into that fund. And that fund is accessible once you complete your eligibility, graduate, or you just leave school. You go professional. Then you would be able to recoup all that money but it would not be accessible until that and that's how they're trying to see if that's how they can kind of keep the amateur ish alive i like that i like that idea too because the last thing you want are 18 19 20 21 year olds to have i hate to say it, to have that kind of money in those college towns mm-hmm. especially la <laughs> Because, like, they're already getting funds from boosters. Like, like the college sports are just corrupt as can be. Mm-hmm. And they're already going to be getting funds from boosters, like I said, from, uh, what's it called? Uh, like, the college basketball and shoe deals, companies like that. Like, it, it's all hoopla. But if you could be like, hey, you do your due diligence, you do well in school, you'll have this money for when you leave. Also, they won't blow it while they are getting they're going to get taken care of while they're on mm-hmm. scholarship. I see. I've worked with the football team. They don't go without. Not not anymore. They used to before, but then the NCAA changed, and they can have unlimited meals. For example, like they they don't go without anymore. But if you could say, hey, after this, like then if you have injuries, if you have a, you have a guy that gets injured late late in the game, then he can have something to have some money to get off off the floor if he's not going to be playing sports professionally and it it incentivizes more kids to stay in school longer especially if they're not if they're like because a lot of kids go to like the nba for example or try to get drafted early because they're like i want that money but if they could stay in school and be recouping a little bit more cash maybe and then they don't have to risk it as much if they are kind of one of those tweener guys it would i so that's go ahead. No, no, I'm just saying, like, I'm thinking about it from the fact that I'm looking on the money side of things. Is that the Pac-12 network makes a lot of money? The Pac-12 network and the Pac-12 deals they have with Fox and ESPN, Pac-12 After Dark, everyone loves that. We love it especially. Um, those deals are what brings all the revenue for all these teams, advertisements, stuff like that. 
you take away those four California teams, those money goes down. That affects the whole Pac-12. And then you look at the fact that, you know, people are going to want to go play there. Why would you not even, why would you not go play there? Why would you not go move to California and San Francisco and Berkeley and Palo Alto in Los Angeles, but living in Bel Air with to go to UCLA? If you're any athlete, why would you not go there? Why would you not want to when you're going to make money? You're going to be in advanced opportunities. And then on the other side of things, you they could probably sign up. Those four schools could probably sign up at least a $50 million TV, especially if the recruiting works how I think it's going to work, to watch because every top NBA prospect will be at those four schools. Every single one, not just football. Every single basketball player will be there. And the big three has a CBS network deal. We're watching old, washed-up NBA players ball. You tell me you don't want to watch. Let's put it this way. Imagine Zion, R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish, all of these players. They were on the same team. Yes, I know that. Watching all of these players play every single week multiple times. It is what everyone talks about, the dilution of talent and bringing talent together. That is what you want. You want to see the best players, especially the best college players, play. And then the rest of the country, I'm sorry to your little Lincoln, Nebraska, and your, your Cornhuskers, what are they going to do? Because money is going to be taken from the NCAA, and every single – California's – I don't want to – this isn't politics, though, but this is a, this is a, a politics-motivated move. Man, we have three minutes. We have a lot. We have, this is going to be a topic we have to lead with next time. Actually, I'm going to chop this up and put it on YouTube as our first thing. These progressive states are going to, if this works in California, all all of them are going to do it. And they're all... Texas will be next. Florida will be after. Florida. And then what? And then that's when Nick Saban's like, I'm done. I retire. That's when Davo Sweeney's like, oh man, I got to get to Texas. That's when he regrets not taking the Texas deal. All these are going to happen. And when that happens... The whole system blows up, and it is awesome. It's it's not a matter of when the NCAA is going to get exposed for what they've been doing to student athletes. It's a matter, or it's not a matter of if; it's a matter of when. And of, just to kind of recap this whole thing, this wouldn't go into effect until 2023, mm-hmm. assuming it is passed. And there's no like the NCAA. If it get, does get passed, it's going to take this to court, and they're going to be going back and forth. So it could get pushed even farther. But like I've said on previous pods and like I've been telling, talking whenever I talk about people ask me about my experience with Florida State and, and working in athletics and I go, it's not sustainable. What they're doing is not sustainable. They're not they're demanding too much of their student athletes and not getting enough of the money into their pockets. They do so much work for the university. They make so much money for the university. They go they get interviewed by ESPN. They get they go through all these photo shoots. They have to do all these recruiting things. And yeah, they're getting their scholarship. Yeah, they're getting their meals paid for. But that's and but and then they're getting paid under the table. But what why why can't you just treat them with respect and be like, hey, like we respect you and your talents. This is what we're going to do for you. You can make money off your likeliness, and the way you make money off your likeliness is by being a great player. Like Zion would have made a bunch of money he probably did but it would have made a bunch of more money if this would have been a thing because zion had during the march madness there was a zion cam yep do you know to build off of that espn on espnu and espn news has literally been showing old college basketball games 
from the previous year for the past two weeks, and every single one of them is Duke. Every single one of them is Duke. It's get, always going to Duke, UNC, or Kansas, essentially, is always what it's going to be. They could have sold the rights to Zion. Hey, you want, you get, you, they, Zion goes to UCLA. They say, hey, here's a Zion subscription. You get to watch every game. I mean, they'll have so much access, too. And that becomes just I a have, pipeline. It's, it, I have one interjection before we wrap this part absolutely. up. Absolutely. And that's probably the biggest thing for universities and why they should be terrified of this happening. If this bill passes and they're over the $10 million from the, from the deals that they make, it removes the tax-exempt uh, status of the universities. Right now, the universities are not, they're tax-free. They don't have to pay taxes on what they earn on those TV revenues. Could, they remove that tax oh. exempt, and they would have to be start paying taxes on that because then the players would start making more, would start having more direct contact with the actual people that are funding these universities. And then it's like, oh, this is a business now. Not just a not just a state school that's like that's operating. This is a business, and you have essentially employees and employees, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. with the players and the institution. And now they got to start paying taxes, so that's even more money out of their pockets. So if you're the NCAA and you're not more the NCAA, I think the schools will be fine and they'll figure it out. And they'll if they work with the players, I think they'll realize that it will be better for the university. But they're being so selfish right now that they're not allowing it to unfold in a healthy manner because greed like like i've said like i can't remember who quoted it, but greed poisons man's soul mm. and so that's going to be the downfall of the ncaa is not wanting to work with their student athletes even though they always claim we are for the student athlete like a bs man <laughs> uh charlie chaplin said that oh man if you have not seen that greed is poison men's soul thing did you hear from the logic song Yes, I've listened to the. I've listened to the, the speech to the vid, Yeah, that, that's such a great speech. Even though he's playing Hitler, which is just that's such a great. I haven't seen the movie. I want to, but that's a great speech. Um, yeah, this is a lot to. There's there's more to unpack this. We can make this its own pod. But the good thing is we're gonna make this its own YouTube video. First video, we're gonna figure out how to do that this weekend. Get it posted up. And sorry, Mark Emmert, California's coming, and they're coming with progressive ideas not even progressive ideas these are ideas that should have been instituted forever ago pay the athletes the product will get better yeah they're going to be driving around with gold chains and be driving around in nice car nicer cars but other but you know what else we're gonna be doing they're gonna have stability for their friends and their family and themselves which is what we want and they're not going to be ripped off and they're going to there's going to be some monet, monet monetary value to what they're doing so that they that they get some benefit of. So Noah, phenomenal Friday morning pod as usual. You have yourself yes, yeah, you, man. You have yourself a great weekend. I appreciate that. Thanks. Another great episode of the No Ordinary Pod. Absolutely, and that's Noah Hemer. I'm Michael Duggar. Thanks for tuning in to the No Ordinary, no Ordinary Pod on the No Ordinary Pod and Radio St. Pete Network.